0: Hi, it's Andy, and welcome to the Hills Church podcast. Our hope is that this will help your life and inspire your faith. Thanks again for checking us out. Welcome. Just to reiterate what Andy said, if you're here for the first time, it's great having you with us, and welcome to the Hills Church. Um, you have come on a week where we are closing the collection of talks, but don't worry. Uh, you, you still, Hopefully, someone's going to speak to you today as we close it out. We've been over the last few weeks. We've been um, looking at the book of James, and if you've been here, you'll know we say this every every week. James is basically a northwest man. He says it how it is. He's to the point. There's no fluff. He'll tell you how it is, and uh, and we've been looking at ways in which James is encouraging us over the book of James, and um, they've, we've we've gone very practical. It's been he's. He's written to the scattered church, so 12, the 12 tribes of Israel that were scattered. They were living in different cultures, in different communities. They were trying to live out their faith as followers of Jesus, but surrounded by a world and a culture that is different to them and that is trying to pull them in that direction, that are maybe criticizing the way that, li- that they are living as well. And so it's, it, it sounds very similar to what we're living in today, trying to be followers of Jesus in a world that looks so different, to him, and so there's a lot of over the book of James that we've learned that can apply to our lives today. We looked at trials and temptations, we looked at how our faith needs to have actions in line with it, we looked at how we need to tame our tongue. Um, Anyone else find out the most challenging week? Yeah, me too. Uh, We we looked at, uh, last week we looked at reconciliation and how to submit to God. And then this week we're looking in James chapter 5 and concluding the whole thing. Um, There's three different sections in James chapter 5, but I'm going to center in on the middle section. But I thought it would be good to read the whole chapter, round off the collection of talks. We can say over the last five weeks we have read a whole book of the Bible. So um, so this is what it says in James 5. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail. Because of the misery that is coming on you. Like we said, James is so uplifting and encouraging. Thank you, James. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have found yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else, No, see you later. Know all the best of your life. That's how James ends his book. Why don't we pray? Father God, we thank you that over the last few weeks, we have learned what it means to follow you as people surrounded in a culture that is opposed to you. Lord, that you've helped give us wisdom for everyday life. And God, we pray as we come to meet together today, as we come to receive from you, that we would open our hearts to hear from you and that our lives would be changed as a result of it. Amen. I almost prayed for Everton then, Leslie, because I know that's all you're thinking about in church today. Will Everton get relegated or not? One game to decide it. Anyway, does anyone here like waiting? No? No one likes waiting. Nobody likes waiting. It blows my mind. I was thinking this the other day. I was on YouTube, probably not watching a helpful video at all, but I was on YouTube, and I clicked the video to start it, and uh, it had an advert. And it had one of them adverts that you cannot skip after five seconds. Isn't that the worst? Anyone find that? You just click in, nah, can't skip ad, can't skip ads. And then I noticed it said one of two. And I thought, well, at least I'll be able to skip the second one. But nah, they screwed me over. The second one came, and it was one of those ones that you couldn't skip again. And I was thinking, I was impatient. I was trying to skip through it, and I was trying to get to the video. And it probably wasn't even that entertaining of a video anyway. And I I remembered that when I was a kid, and I'd watch TV, for an hour's show, there were three different moments through that show where there were five-minute advert breaks. No skipping, no fast-forwarding, no ignoring. You had to sit through those adverts. And it made me realize that, actually, are we becoming a little bit more impatient? Are we, are we becoming a little bit more impatient? Um, no, nobody is good at waiting, are they? Nobody likes waiting. Um, society hates waiting. What's the phrase here? Um, I got tol- I got told it when I was working in the bakery. What's the phrase here? A, w- a, a watch kettle never boils. Doesn't it feel like that? I was thinking this as well. You know when you put the microwave on, and you put like a minute in. Isn't that the longest minute of your life? If you if if the doctor says to you you have one minute to live, put the microwave on. You'll live forever. <laughs> Nobody likes waiting. We, we want it, and we want it now. We, we, don't want, we don't want the fluff. We don't want to have to patiently wait. We don't have to wait for what we want. We want it, and we want it now. Um, but God's not like that. I think what we've learned through this passage as well, God is not a microwave God. He's not an instant pot noodle God. He's a slow cook God. He's a marinating God. He's a wait. And let it seep and let it dwell and let the flavors mash together, kind of God. But it's hard to wait in normal seasons. It's hard to wait for the microwave to ding. It's hard to wait for your McDonald's order to come through. Anyone hate it when you go up to the drive-thru and they say, oh, can you just wait in the bay? (laughs) I want my chicken nuggets now. But if it's hard to wait in the normal times, how much harder is it to wait in times where we're suffering? in times where we're going through pain. And some of us might be in one of those seasons now, maybe there's a few of us in this room that are going through relational pain, that there's difficulty in the relationships in our lives. Maybe some of us are going through emotional pain and there's difficulty in the emotions of our life. Uh, So maybe some of us are going through actual physical pain that uh, we've got health problems, or there's people that we know that are in health problems at the moment, or financial pain and the cost of living and everything, all the prices going up. Do you see the price of fuel and everything? Financial pain and maybe 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 we're all going through certain seasons of suffering at the moment and how much harder is it to go through those seasons patiently and to trust in God in the midst of them. Um, and this is what this is I want to read it again the centre of this passage that we read of James five. He says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's come in. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too. Be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. So James uses the analogy of farming. Um, now I'm no farmer myself, but 11 years ago when I took a visit to Andy, I was milking in the parlour with Billy one morning, and so and I have watched two seasons of Clarkson's Farm, so I do feel like I'm pretty pretty in the know when it comes to farming. Now, if you want some farming advice come to me. But this image of the farmer is used throughout the Bible. And, it, and one of the things that blew my mind 11 years ago when I was working on the farm was that farming is just a completely different way of living. That it's, not, it's not a job. It's not a vocation. It's a way of life. Like we were, we were milking. And I said to John one day, I said, what happens if you don't milk the cows? Like you don't get up at five in the morning to milk the cows? Well, they get sick. And if they get sick, then they die. And if they die, then there's our livelihood. Then we're not going to get milk then we're not gonna. They're not gonna have calves. That's the end of the farm. So it's a, rather than oh, I'm too sick to get up this morning. Nah, the cows need milking. You go and milk them. Oh, it's Christmas day. I'd like a day off. No, the cows need milking. And so it struck me that actually this isn't a nine to five. This isn't a leave your job at the door. This is like you have to get it done. If there's a problem, if there's a handling, then you have to get it sorted. And so God uses this image of farming because God often works in seasons and He often works with patience and he often works where it's like it's not just a nine to five thing our Christian walk is not just something that you come on a Sunday it's two hours there's my little hit of Christianity and then a walk away now it's something that carries with us wherever we go it's something that stays with us and so God uses this image of farming and there's a few things that I want to draw on this about about patience that I think we can learn from the world of farming Right, And if there are farmers in the room that think that what I'm saying is a load of nonsense, then just keep it to yourself until the end. Maybe tell me in a few days' time, but not today. But this is the thing. He talks about a farmer planting a seed. Now, a farmer, when they get a seed, they know the crop that they're planting. Rather than just grabbing a load of seeds and just going, oh, I'm not sure what this is, and throwing it all in and just hoping that something's going to grow out of it, and then, oh, sure, we'll see at the end of the day. Now, a farmer will know, right, I want, to, I want to yield wheat at the end of the season, so I'm going to plant wheat. I, know I, I want to yield corn, so I'm going to plant corn. That they know the seed that they're planting. They have the end in mind. They have the end in mind. Now, one of the things that we need with patience is to have the end in mind, to have vision for our life. Maybe there's some dreams that you have that you're waiting on patiently. Well, it's a lot easier to go through the suffer and, and, to, and to go through pain when we know what the end result is. Maybe, maybe, there's, maybe you've just started a business and you're like, I want to have a successful business and you're going through pain. You're going through trying to organize things or trying to staff things or where are we going to get money for that or where are we going to get money for this. It's a lot easier if you've got in your mind, one day I want to have a successful business to face those tough days today. It's a lot easier when you're going through the difficult conversations in a relationship or a marriage. If you go, our end goal is that we will have a thriving marriage. We will have a healthy marriage. It's a lot easier in the tough days, in leading a church, in being involved in a church plant to go, well, one day we are going to affect our community. We are going to see people know Jesus. We will have faith and patience today because we've got our eyes set on the future. I want to encourage you today, what is the vision in the area of your life? Have some vision, dream a dream, because God works in dreams that take time, and God works in dreams that have patience, but maybe why don't we just encourage ourselves today, let's have a fresh dream, let's dream again, what's our end goal, what's our end desire, what crop do we want to yield in our life? Let's get some vision for our life. The second thing is that a farmer just doesn't plant seeds and then just forget about it. They don't just walk away and go, well, we'll leave that and then I'll come back to it in a few months. A farmer plants seed and then they water the field and then they fertilize it. I don't know the exact process. John will be able to fill me in again at some other point, but they tend to the soil, they tend to the crop. It's not something that they forget about and just hope for the best. I think sometimes we can have a tendency that we have those moments of inspiration. If, if anyone's like me, you go, right, I'm going to get fit. Sign up for a gym. Go to the gym for one session, yeah, that's me. Feel sore the day after, never go back again. I was at the gym on, uh, on Thursday, and the coach there of the class, this was quite embarrassing for me, because I would be someone that would be like, oh yeah, I'll go to the gym. The coach come up to me and said, are we in danger of this becoming regular, Nathan? <laughs> he said, at what point do we call this consistent? <laughs> I said, you're going to have to be the judge of that, (laughs) Davy." Nothing as embarrassing as feeling like you're telling people, like, yeah, I do CrossFit. And then the coach actually is like, no, you don't. (laughs) I I had a friend. um, I used to work at a church over in England. And um, I had a friend that would give up a day a week to help me in the office on a Friday. And he'd come in. uh, He wasn't wasn't too tardy anyway. So he'd come in anywhere between 9 and 10 in the morning. And it got to 10 o'clock and there was... Couldn't see him anywhere. James was nowhere to be seen. So I send him a text. Is everything okay, mate? No reply. About half ten, quarter to eleven, he's like, oh, mate, I'm so sorry. I'll be with you shortly. So he must have come through the door at like half eleven, quarter to twelve. And he come in and his arms were, both of his arms were bent like this. And he was walking like a bit of a robot, walking around like he, he was broken. And I was like, mate, what happened to you? and he said, oh, yesterday, I just thought to myself, I'm going to get fit. He said, so I did 100 (laughs) (laughs) pull-ups. I did 100 pull-ups, and he's like, and I woke up this morning, and I just haven't been able to move my arms, so he's like, I was in the shower, and I couldn't shower myself properly, and everything just took so much longer, so we ended up having to, like, stretch him out and everything, and sort out his arms, but I never heard of James doing another pull-up after that day. <laughs> I I, t- I did text him this week and said, mate, is it, am I all right to talk about the time that you couldn't move your arms after doing pull-ups? But it's a lot better to do 10 pull-ups a day for a month than to do 100 pull-ups in one evening. Isn't it? It's a lot better to go through some pain each day and to allow your body to build up the fitness than to just put in a lot of effort at one point, and then you're not going to see the difference. You're only going to experience pain and then never go back to it. And uh, Paul actually says in, a, in a, another book of the Bible, he says, he says physical training is good, but spiritual training is so much more profitable. And so if, if that's what applies to our physical training, then how much more does that apply to our spiritual life? You want to you be a good child of God. You want to you know about God. You want to be a person that stands on his word and his truth then it's not just about, all right, I'm going to read the Bible, all the Bible in one go, or as much of the Bible as possibly can, or I'm just going to pray today, and I'm going to take time today, and then forgetting about it the next day and the next day. Like a farmer does with its seed, it's about returning again and again and again, day after day after day, and as a result, you'll yield good crop because of it. You will see the fruit in your life one day because of the daily decisions, the daily decisions. Maybe when, Maybe it's coming to trust in God with your finance and there's been a time in your life where you've said I'm going to put God first in my finance right we're going to give to God we're going to tithe and then you tithe once and then you go well I still had that bill to pay God well we're still trying to make ends meet at the end of the month okay we'll miss it this month but it's about you've not given God a chance to prove himself you've not given God a chance to show up in your life and to show you I am your provider you can put your trust in me maybe it's with your marriage, and you've gone, right, I want to focus on this. We're going to do a date night, and you have a date night, and it's all guns blazing, and you spend all the money you can, and then the next week, you forget about it, and life gets on top of you. It's about the dailies. It's about the dailies. It's about returning day after day after day. If you want to be a good child of God, it's about reading His words, and there's so many different ways of doing that. We as a church endorse uh, Glorify, which is an app you can get on your phone. If you want to know more about that, speak to us after, but day after day after day. And if you put your trust in God in that way, you will see him move. You will reap the benefits as a result of it. Maybe it's sharing the gospel with your friends. Any of you have that moment where you go, right, I'm going to invite them to church today. I'm going to, you build yourself up. I'm going to invite them. I'm going to try and steer the conversation. How are you? Yeah, the day's lovely. want to come to church? <laughs> and they go, oh. And you think, oh, they just don't, I won't go back there. But it's amazing how when you keep talking about it, when you keep sharing about it, what were you up to the weekend, oh, I was at church, and then you just drip feed it, and then every now and then you say, you should come along sometime, you love it, and everything. Don't give up. It's about the daily. It's about the daily. It's about patiently investing in the daily. And then thirdly, if God led you to it, then he'll lead you through it. The one thing about planting a seed is you know that the harvest is coming. Even if there's a storm, even if the fences blow down, even if you're struggling, you know that one day the skies will open, the crop will yield, the fruit will come. And this is what Paul says in Philippians 1, verse 4 to 6. He says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident in this. So Paul, one of the greatest Christians, impacts us all is confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. If God's led you to something, it's a challenge, it's painful, it's something that you don't want to be in, the truth is God will lead you through it. God will lead you out the other way. The harvest will come. Um, It says in the passage that we read uh, about being patient in suffering, it talks about this guy in the Bible in the Old Testament, he talks about Job. And he says, that, um, he says that Job's perseverance, you have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally, that's what I love about that verse, finally brought about. So Job, if you don't know about Job, Job was a wealthy man. He had a lot of things going for him. He was a faithful servant of God and he was put to the test. That There was an accuser that said to God, why don't you take away everything? And and so they took away his money, they took away his possessions, they took away his health, they took away his family, and Job still trusted in God. And what happens at the end of Job is God returns double to Job. God returns double what he lost in the end. He went through the hard days, he was patient. He was patient through suffering, and God returned double. So I just want to encourage you today, you might be going through a painful season in life, but don't give up. The reward is on the way. There will be a season where you will reap a harvest for the faithfulness that you've placed in the present. And so, let's be people that are patient in suffering. Let's be people that embrace it. And it might not be easy, and one of the ways that we can do so is by getting around good people. Isn't it amazing how much more you can do when you're surrounded by people that are encouraging you on? If you, if you are finding it difficult in life right now, and you feel like, oh, there's no one in my life who, who I can speak to. We've got groups sign up for groups, serve a team. It's amazing how when you join a team in church that you get to know people and you get to build a community around you because you're serving with other people, like-minded people in their faith as well. Uh, come along to the worship night, encounter God. It's amazing how what's a word of encouragement from someone can do in a time where you're facing trial and challenge and don't give up. See the fruit, keep going, trust Jesus, read the word, pray daily, And invite God into your daily life and you will experience the transformation and you will see the fruit that will come as a result of it. Why don't we pray together and just as a response, why don't we all stand as well. You just want to all close, close your eyes and then, just as an act of response, if you want to respond to this message, if you want to hold out your hands, it's just a simple way of us saying to God, We receive from you, God, and we want to receive from you today. And it doesn't take a genius to know that there are seasons of pain at the moment that people in this room are going through, seasons of challenge. And maybe you've been to the point where you're like, I just want to give up. I want to throw the church thing in. I want to throw the business that Maybe this marriage isn't worth saving or maybe God's never going to work in that part of my life. Well, let's pray. Because whilst it's good to have people around us that are encouraging us, there's nothing that can be a substitute for a touch from heaven for God moving in our life and reaching out into our situation. So Father, Father, we trust in you. Lord, we know that you are the author of hope and life, and Lord, we pray for people in this room that maybe have lost sight of the end goal, have lost sight of what the vision is for that area that we're experiencing pain in, Lord, and we ask that we'd have fresh vision, fresh vision, that we'd have the end in sight, Lord. We would know the reason why we're going through this trial at the moment. Lord, we pray for those of us in this room that maybe have tried and and had a lot of effort in one moment to see something in our lives, but have forgotten about it since. And Lord, we ask that we can pick it up again and return to it and go right. We're going to water this seed, Lord. We're going to water it daily. It might cost us. It might hurt a bit each day, but we're going to going to make that decision daily to put God first in that area. And Lord, we pray for those that maybe are just at the end and saying. Lord, I don't know if you're moving in this situation. I can't see a crop growing up from the ground. I can't see where there's life in this. And Lord, we pray for the reminder and the truth that you will bring it to completion. Lord, that there will always be a season of harvest in that area. Lord, we pray for the people that we've been investing in our lives who we haven't seen come to church yet, who we haven't seen you move in their life, Lord. And we know that beneath the surface you are so we pray for faith again, Lord. We pray for faith again in our finances and putting you first in them, Lord. We pray faith again in our relationships. We pray for faith again in our emotions, Lord. We pray for faith again that you will do a great work in and through this church, Lord. And we ask and pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for checking out the Hills Church podcast. Hey, if this message has inspired or encouraged you in any way, why don't you share it with a friend? Hey, as well as that, we meet every Sunday at 11am at the Waterside Theatre and we'd love to see you at one of our services. But hey, thanks again for checking out the podcast. Why don't you subscribe to our channel?